Exodus Health Center podcast. These seminars are recorded live Monday nights at 7 p.m. at the Exodus Health Center in Kennesaw, Georgia, where we believe that God needs no help, just no interference. Tonight's workshop is entitled Maximize Your Brain and is presented by Dr. David Jockers. Now, here's Dr. David. All right, so those are some of my colleagues there. Sorry for, sorry about the video there. You guys kind of got snips and pinches of, uh, of people talking there. But those are some of my colleagues there, and so obviously... And we know that this is a huge movement, and we see incredible results. And obviously, like Harriet stood up, and I could probably have a number of other people stand up and give just these, you know, great, great testimonials. And that's really because, again, we were, we're working with a natural principle that God put on the planet and really focusing on how he created us to heal. And we're talking about brain function today, and that really has a huge bit to do with it because I was telling everybody today that, that literally in your brain right now as we speak, we have 500, bits, 500 billion bits of information every single second that's taking place, yet we only consciously perceive about 50 bits, right? So 50 of 500 billion bits, right? So our body is constantly in this never-ending state of healing. That's all controlled by the brain, spinal cord, and nerve system. So as we get into this, jumping around under here. All right. <laughs> okay, so there's <laughs> maximized living. So back to the nerve system. So having some issues here. I don't know why that's happening. Uh, I guess so, right? <laughs> all right. But anyway, so we know that maximize living, again, the first slide just talks about how it's all about just honoring the, 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 the system God created for us to, to live with. And ultimately, we've got to eat well, we've got to eat well, move well, think well, and rest well. All right? So our nerve system, again, just like they were talking about in the video, that's the master control center. So when God created us, he put the most amazing, incredible power right here in our brain, our spinal cord and our nerve system that literally controls and drives everything in our body, our heart to beat, our lungs to breathe, for cancer to heal, for literally every single cell, the cell in your, the tip of your big toe to get the right nutrients at the right time to detox uh, and, and to, to actually uh, uh, produce energy, the right amount of energy, that life and healing has to flow down there, giving it exactly the blueprint at the right time. And so all that power is taking place by the nerve system. So, of course, in our office, the biggest thing that we do, those guys were talking about the test to see what's going on in your nerve system, the most important and critical test you can have that actually determines your health. We know that mammograms, prostate exams, right, all these different tests, EKGs, they don't determine if there's disease until it's already been there long enough. For example, typical prostate exam or mammogram can't see a tumor until it's already developed for 7 to 15 years, typically about about 10 to 15 billion cancer cells before they can see it. These tests are, are very sensitive and they can determine exactly what's going on, where the pressure is in the nerves, and exactly what needs to be done way before you get disease in your body. And so if you're here, if you've never had that test done before, I'm gonna talk about it a little bit later, but you're gonna have an opportunity to, to, to get that. And so a couple things as we get started here. And so really when it comes to, this is one of my favorite talks, because when it comes to the brain, Really, it comes to potential. And ultimately, to me, that's what, really, that's what really excites me, is human potential. I've always been just really driven by this. As an athlete, I wanted to be the best athlete. I wanted to constantly uh, improve my, my, 
not only my skills, but ultimately really push my potential to the highest level. It's the same thing as, as a doctor, as just a human being in general. And we know that the potential resides in our brain. And so that's where all this amazing, incredible, uh, incredible potential for us to live a, a high life, that's where it all exists. So we know, for example, um, you know, I, I'm sure some of you guys have heard that you know, we only use like 10% of our brain. Who's heard something like that before, right? Only use 10%. It's not necessarily true, but we only use about 10% at one time, right? So we're not really linking different senses and different sensations at once. And so we could use a lot more at once, and that will actually dramatically improve our ability to learn. And so who here is in school right now? Some of you guys maybe are in school. You're studying. You're learning. So some of these things are going to apply well to you. Who here is just trying to learn things maybe in, in their life? Trying to, a lot of you guys, right? So, you know, because I always say you know, I'm out of school, but I probably learn more now than I did when I was in school. So learning should never stop. In fact, when you get out of school or when you're in your career field or whatever it is, you're constantly trying to learn. And so this is an advanced level of learning. Who knows who this guy is, by the way? Anybody? Anthony Robbins. That's right. So he teaches a lot of these courses on this kind of stuff. And so number one thing, this is what I've learned going through school. And, of course, I had nine years of school, and this is something I still, I still really do is, is I try to, number one, if I want to learn something, I start, I have to have a purpose for learning it. So it can't just be um, because my teacher will flunk me if I don't learn it, right, or I'll get a bad grade in a test. But ultimately, it's got to have some sort of a deeper meaning for my life. How can I apply it? So even if it's, uh, you know, simple things that you're learning in, in, in high school or college, basic classes, You've got to find some sort of a greater purpose behind it that will drive you, help motivate and inspire you to really uh, get the most out of it. So I would start with that. Number two is you've got to get excited. So fortunately, the great thing about this, I, you know, when I was going through school, I used to tutor a lot of people. I, I, was, a, I was a tutor um, in my undergrad and, in my, uh, and when I was in uh, graduate school. And that was one of the big things I would try to, I would try to help my uh, students with is I would say you've got to get excited about this. And they would say, how can I get excited about, you know, organic chemistry or about, you know, this or that? And I would say, you know what? It's your choice, right? Because we can decide what we're excited about or not. It's not like, um, it's not like oh, there's only, it's not like uh, our, our decision to get excited is outside of us, right? It's really within us, isn't it? And so we can actually hands-on make that decision. So that's number two. And we got to maintain that excitement. So every time as we're learning, we've got to be very, very excited and continually reinforcing that, taking breaks. So for me, if I'm studying something, unless I'm just so excited and so uh, just thrilled and into it, I will, I will take a break every 10 or 15 minutes. Right? I mean, I'll get up, I'll walk, I'll do something else. And we're going to be talking, I'm going to actually have you guys doing a lot of brain-based exercises. So I hope you guys brought maybe uh, some athletic shoes or something like that. John, you ready? We're going to get moving. Okay, good. And so... So take breaks, get your body moving, because that's going to be a key aspect. And I'm going to show you guys today a lot of uh, incredible exercises that are going to naturally link your, your two hemispheres in your brain and allow you to, to, to have a greater potential to learn and learn more effectively, because you'll be recruiting more neurons in your brain. Um, and then ask yourself questions. So you've got to take it, so whatever it is, and you ask yourself questions with it. So how does it apply, right? So you've got to just continually take something and ask yourself questions about it so you're quizzing yourself, right? You're continually quizzing yourself. And then you apply things to life. So even if it's something as simple as learning two plus two, right? So if it's learning two plus two, how, how can you get excited about it? You'll learn how to count your money, right? So I can count my money, great, two plus two. And then how do you apply it to your life? Well, 
right? I've got uh, two things here. I've got two things there. Now I know how much I have. And then you start applying it to your life course. You get excited with breakthroughs. So any kind of breakthrough, you want to you wanna be thrilled over that. You want to celebrate the win. That's so key is to constantly celebrate the win. So as we're going through this, you guys are going to be learning some things. We want to make sure, because you guys want to have fun, right? So we want to make sure that we celebrate the wins as we go through this. And I'm going to have you guys quizzing each other as well as we go through. We want to utilize that breakthrough. And then finally, we want to link happiness and success to learning. So whatever it is that makes you happy, right, you want to you link that. So great thing about today is that um, we've got a uh, big brain shake that I'll be making, and it tastes amazing. So, right, nothing like something that tastes great, that's healthy, to just kind of bring a smile on your face, right? Nice and refreshing. So we'll link that with what we're learning. And this is a key thing. The higher intensity and the higher the emotion that you have, the more neurons you're going to recruit, therefore the greater the potential you're going to have for, for really putting that into uh, short-term and long-term memory. So that's going to be really key. So those are the things that we want to apply. That's how we want to do it. And so heavy memory, so great that Charmaine's not here when she's supposed to hit the music here. All right, so heavy emotions stimulate the memory centers. And so, there we go. We're gonna get a little bit of music on here. Okay, some of you guys may have heard this song before. So we know movement is life, guys. So we've gotta get up and we gotta get moving. So everybody stand up. All right, so we're gonna do some brain-based movements right here. If you guys wanna turn the music up a little bit too, that'd be great. All right, so get the energy up in here. We're gonna do some brain-based movements. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna do burst training, but we're gonna do, um, we're gonna actually at the same time we're, we're lifting our legs up, we're gonna do a cross crawl. So make sure you got some room. All right, we're gonna do a cross crawl, but we're gonna do it fast. You guys ready? Here we go, and go. Oh so just God. like that, there we go. Woo! There we go, good. <laughs> there we go, work hard, guys. There you go. Good. Faster, guys, faster. Speed it up. There we go. All right, guys, take a second, take a breath. We're gonna, we're gonna do something else now, okay? So make sure you guys have some room. What we're gonna do, this is really good, especially for like Carolyn, who's in a wheelchair. We're just gonna use our upper body, and we're gonna do this. We're gonna punch side to side. Make sure you don't hit anybody, okay? So we're gonna get a good rotation with our hips. So we're going to cross our body, so we're recruiting both hemispheres. There we go. It's a good dance step, right? There we go. Now let's go up. There we go. Woo! We'll go down. There we go. Awesome. Woo! All right. Give somebody a high five. Yeah. That was fun, guys. We got our brains going. Perfect. All right. What did I do with that clip? that clicker all right all right guys I think I put the clicker down somewhere is the clicker over there <laughs> yeah. 
This workshop's a blast, right? <laughs> Can't get the video going. We're on the clicker. All right. No. Where is it? Aha, here we go. We're back in the game. All right. So a couple things that we did. So movement is life. A couple things that we want to focus on there. Brain-based movement looks like this, guys. So one of the things that we really want to focus on is cross-crawl. So when we were doing this right here, okay, we're moving one arm, right? Opposite arm, opposite leg. So just like that. We could also do it behind us like this. When we do that, it actually stimulates uh, both sides of our brain, so it links the hemispheres, recruiting more neurons, and that's a powerful aspect. So when we're trying to build muscle, one of the things we want to do is recruit as many muscle fibers as possible. The more we recruit, the more the obviously the more strenuous the exercise and the more adaptation, the better adaptation that our body makes. Same thing with our neurons. It's the same exact principle. We want to recruit as many as possible. So we want to have that high intensity, that high emotion. Great thing about that too is we linked a couple different senses. We had a, you know, a high intensity song on there along with uh, moving our bodies. So we used our kinesthetic sense as well as our audio sense. And so cross crawl exercises, you also want new movements. So if you go into the gym and you do the same exact exercises every single time you go in there, right, your body doesn't adapt. And the reason why is that it's the same thing. Our body wants novel movements, so new movements. And so we're going to talk about kind of how that works. But um, that's very, very key principle to learning is that we got to constantly challenge our brain to learn new movements, new skills. And so that's very, very key. Balance and stability. So obviously you can see her on one leg, right? So when I'm in the gym, a lot of times one of the exercises I like to do is I like to do a bent over reverse fly. And I'll do it on one leg. And sometimes I'll even close my eyes, right? And I'll alternate legs and I'll just take steps. I don't even know where I'm going, right? <laughs> but I'm doing that and the whole time I'm providing that novel stimulus. I'm working my posture muscles, bringing my, obviously my, my shoulders back, taking myself out of that slouch. At the same time, working stability, things like that. And then finally, this last principle right here is oxygen debt, okay? And so that's our burst training principle. So who does who applies the burst training principles into their workouts? So a lot of you guys do, and we know that that's a powerful, powerful effect at secreting more growth hormone and allowing your body to burn fat more effectively throughout the day and the following night. So you want to get that heart rate up, really working at a high intensity for a short period of time. So right there, what we did when we just stood up, we got up, we were doing all those different moves, we were stimulating our brain at the same time, we're stimulating growth hormone, helping our body to burn fat more effectively. You guys can thank me later for that. <laughs> so appreciate it. All right. So neurobic exercises. So this is a term that was um, that was classified by uh, Dr. Lawrence Cotts. And so he's a PhD. He kind of developed this. And these are a couple of the principles behind the neurobic exercise. Some of you guys might have trouble reading this. But he talks about um, so morning routine. So most of us have you know a specific morning routine. And that's key because that keeps us accountable, right? It makes sure that you know, we, 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 we set that habit because it's a success principle, right? If you get up, you know, at a particular time of day, um, you know, and, and you get right into your routine of doing things, so that way you make sure that you don't miss anything that's important. That's key, and I definitely, definitely encourage that. However, what he talks about is throwing just a screwball in there every now and then, throwing a little curveball in. And so one thing that you can do is brush your teeth with your left hand, you know, your non-dominant hand. So if you're righty, Brush your teeth with your left hand. 
right? Or, um, you know, whatever it is. Try, uh, you know, writing your name with your left hand, your, your opposite hand. So that will just throw something novel in there, help recruit more of your cerebellum, more of your major brain centers. Um, he talks about this. He says, have an ongoing chess game or something like that, something along those lines. You could even, uh, if you're at an office, put a question on a board, right? And, um, you know, somebody else can answer that question and then they can write a new question on the board or something like that, some sort of like a, a Jeopardy type thing. Or they would have a chess game so people would take a break from their office work because he goes into a lot, of, a lot of offices and really tries to teach these principles. So they take a break and they go and they're, you know, couple chess moves here and there, right? And then, you know, they go back to work and somebody else comes up. So you're throwing that novelty, keeping your brain engaged, but at the same time changing what it's engaging on. Um, he talks about go to a farmer's market. You can use almost any example where you're being around different colors, different smells. We want to stimulate all of these senses. So you can take different colors, different smells, things like that. You can get um, um, an essential oil, right? Right. So you can get like an essential oil like cinnamon or something strong, spearmint, right? And you can take that and you can put it in one of the nostrils, one of your nostrils, okay? And that will naturally stimulate your brain. And so what I would recommend is that you balance it out. Put it in both nostrils. If, um, if you tend to be very, very analytical, okay, so like just a very, very analytical individual, uh, maybe you're an accountant or you're working with, you know, math and, and science all day long or something like that, okay, or you're just, you're very uh, kind of just an inquisitive individual, um, typically that's a left brain dominance. And so you could try putting it in your right brain because it ha crosses over uh, the same, on the same side and it will help stimulate more of your right brain and help balance you out. On the opposite, Right, if you're just you know very very typically right brain, typically uh, you know a social person who's um, you know just more more uh, maybe emotional, more of an emotional individual, things like that, more artistic, they might want to put it on their left side, okay, and stimulate their left brain. And what I want you guys to do, if you try that, notice how you feel afterwards. If you feel more balanced, you probably got it right. If you didn't, you felt just more um, scattered and off course, okay. Then try the opposite side. Okay, so try those um, and, and, and see how that works. But either way, it's definitely going to help stimulate your brain. That strong smell uh, is powerful. And if you link it with, um, with different eye movements, so maybe you're, you're watching something uh, like a soccer game, you're watching kids run side to side or whatever it is, um, that's going to add more stimulus. All right? And so that's key. So that's why it's so important. To, you know, it's, it's such a powerful thing when our food smells great, doesn't it? Right, it just adds to it. You have lots of colors on your meal, right? So you're getting more visual sensation, right? Then you um, you have a great smell, and then you're eating it. So you're eating. You're you're stimulating your kinesthetic sense when you're smelling it. Obviously, uh, your olfactory, your smell sensation, right? And then um, as you're eating it, and so then you can listen to some great music, right? Some relaxing music or whatever, and you're hitting a lot of different sensations, and you have a more powerful experience, human experience, as you're eating as opposed to just kind of whipping something up and, you know, just eating it right there, like, which I do all the time. So, <laughs> all right. So, um, close your eye. He talks about close your eyes and open wide. So identify the food on your plate only by smell, taste, and touch, right? So it's kind of an interesting little game, right? Have somebody else make your food, and then you can only identify it by smell, taste, and touch, right? So that would be interesting. You're actually using more of your sensations. In fact, there's a book called um, How to Think Like Leonardo da Vinci, Right, who knows who Leonardo da Vinci was? Some of you guys, right? Anybody read that book, by the way? So Dave, you did, right? And so in that book, 
He talks about Leonardo da Vinci, of course, is a Renaissance man. This guy was a sculptor, a painter, a scientist. I mean, he had like all these skills. And what he did was he, he would focus specifically on heightening all of his senses every single day. He would focus for five minutes at a time just on what he smelled, right? Just on what he saw, right? Blanking out all the other senses, right? Just on what he heard. So he'd heighten all of them and then he put them all together. And so it was amazing what he did because he, he naturally uh, actually evolved his brain beyond anybody in, of his contemporaries. And he was able to come up with all these, you know, uh, do just incredible things. Michelangelo did a very, very similar things as him, very similar exercises. So when we're doing that, we're actually enhancing our human potential. Um, finally, last thing, he talks about introducing novelty. So it's kind of what we talked about. So when we talk about exercise, we want new movements. Same thing with our lifestyle. So if you take the same pathway to work every day, he talks about going a different way, right? So trying a different way next time. Or like we talked about, eating with your left hand, right? So trying something new, um, trying those new things. Try a different fruit every week, right? Or a different vegetable or something like that. You're introducing that novelty. That new sensation is going to help build your brain. So it's great. Here's another exercise for you guys. Super brain yoga. So who likes... Who does yoga in here? Some of you guys do yoga, right? Who just wants a super brain? <laughs> All right, awesome. So here we go. So this is the way that this works, okay? This is, uh, this is uh, something that uh, an actually a uh, medical doctor actually developed this. And so what this does, when we do this exercise, it links both hemispheres and actually stimulates our pituitary gland, right? And our pituitary gland, again, that's what secretes growth hormone, a lot of different hormones. So it's, uh, it's a really key area. So we do first is we take our left thumb, we put that on the outside of our earlobe, okay, with our, our left index finger. Then we go over the top of it with our right side, right? So we do it just like this, okay? And then all we do is we take deep breaths. There we go. And again. Great, and you guys can stop. And so he'll have, so this, this MD that developed this, he has a lot of autistic kids and kids with ADHD and stuff like that. And he'll have him do this exercise on a continual basis and he's seen great results. In fact, they've obviously they've, um, they've actually patented this exercise. It's called Super Brain Yoga and he's guys writing a book on it and everything. And so it's a powerful, just simple, easy thing to do if you feel a little scattered that you could do to help balance, help center your body. So. And you can do it ind indefinitely. I mean, you can do it as long as, as, long as you want to do it. Okay, so with that being said, now we're going to get into, so we know some of the exercises, and, and I might have everybody get up a little bit here and there from time to time. So if anybody starts rolling their eyes, okay, <laughs> we'll get you up. Now we're going to go into the things we want to avoid, right? So these are the things that will destroy our brain. So there's 12 of the ones that I picked out. There's a lot of things, but... Today, we're going to focus on 12 of them, okay? So these are our, our top 12 brain cell destroyers. We're going to go through these, but here they are real quick. Toxic fats, excitotoxins, heavy metals, gluten products, unfermented soy, blood sugar imbalances. By the way, heavy metals, so this is mercury right here, okay? And so mercury was, was, was uh, introduced, and you could see it destroyed this nerve right here. And so they actually have this on video if you want to really see how that works. They have it on video on YouTube. You can watch how mercury gets in there and just absolutely destroys the neurons. And so we'll go into that. And so these are all the major ones, and I'm going to go through these. So number one, our brain is mostly these two major components. So about 
It is fat and it's water, right? So it's what? Fat and water, that's right. So first place we're going to start is our fats. So we've got to make sure we've got good fats, the fats that heal that make up most of our, our diet, rather than the fats that kill. And so here are our fats that kill. Who's heard of hydrogenated oil? Who's heard of that, right? That's called a what type of fat? Not a saturated fat, a trans fat. That's right. Trans fat, the most toxic thing, one of the most toxic things you can put in your body. So you definitely want to avoid the trans fats altogether, right? And it's, sometimes it can be tough, right? Because, you know, there's things that will, be, that will say trans fat free, but are they really? A lot of things aren't. And so if you turn the label over and it says hydrogenated or partially hydrogenated oil, what should you do? Drop that thing and run, right? Exactly. Protect your brain. Grab your head and just go. Just go for it, right? So fats that kill. So hydrogenated oils, definitely want to avoid those. Also, very high omega-6 oils, okay? So here are the list. Soybean oil, safflower, corn, cottonseed, peanuts, sa uh, safflower, canola. So those oils are all very toxic because they're very high in omega-6. They have a bad ratio of omega-6 to omega-3, and that makes them bad for our brain. So if we're eating high amounts of those, that's going to be a problem. And so every single processed food that you pick up, what's it got in it? Other than trans fats, got omega-6 <laughs> fats, right? And you also have to watch out because even if you get a organic salad dressing, right? You turn over the label, what's the major oil that they use? Soy or corn or something like that. We want to make sure we avoid that. So we want to really focus on olive oil, right? So that's our salad dressing. Right? We're using That's the oil we're using, olive oil. We could squeeze a lemon use apple cider vinegar, something like that. So another major thing we want to avoid, sugar substitutes. Okay, so who's ever used these before? Probably all of us at some point, right? This is one of the most toxic things for your brain are these sugar substitutes. So Splenda, aspartame, things like that. In fact, aspartame is linked to brain cancer in uh, rats. And so we definitely want to make sure that we're not taking in any of this stuff, right? That it's, it's out of our system. So these diet cokes, right, all this stuff. What's the sweetener we want to use? Stevia. stevia, that's right. So there's really there's really three. Stevia is okay, um, is actually the best. Xylitol, right? And there's another one called Lohan extract. And so I'll talk a little bit about that today, but uh, that's also a, a powerful one as well. It's harder to get, but it's okay. And so, and then even better, so, so sugar, we know sugar's not good, but it's a lot better than these, right? So I'd rather you guys use sugar then use this. I always tell people if you're going to drink Coke, drink the real Coke rather than a Diet Coke. Diet Coke's worse for you. So MSG, this is another thing. Who knows, who's ever heard of MSG before? Right, some of you guys, okay. So MSG, so, hello? <laughs> All right, so is MSG safe? So no, it's not. It's very, very toxic. So here's the thing with MSG. This is very powerful neurotoxin. Will definitely destroy brain cells and it's in a lot of different things, right? So canned soups, infant formulas, right? All these things. Who's ever had ramen noodles before? <laughs> hey, I know I have. Very toxic, right? I used to think, well, that's, it's noodles, right? Can't be that bad, but it's, it's so toxic and it's really bad. KFC, so KFC, I mean, they load up. A lot of these fast food restaurants load up their stuff with MSG. And so, by the way, anybody see um, the, uh, the, they had the pink buckets? Right, so it was, it was uh, buy, buy KFC for breast cancer, right? Raise money for breast cancer awareness. Guys, does that make sense? Come on. 
So will, will fried chicken ever uh, get somebody healthy? No, it'll only do is, is produce more disease, but they were donating you know, a certain percentage of their profits for everybody that bought a bucket to cancer research while they were causing cancer in the rest of the population. It's, it's crazy. So a lot of these things. Now, very, very important that we understand that it will not always be labeled as MSG. You guys have to understand that. So there's a lot of different things that it can be labeled. I'm gonna send that out on the, on the email, okay? But a lot of things. So anything, I mean, a lot of different things with soy, right? So a lot of things with soy can be labeled that. Um, yeast extracts, I mean, there's just a million, there's probably about 15 different, different things, maybe even more, 15 to 20 different things that you'll see in a lot of, uh, lot of ingredients in a lot of different items that are, are known M MSG. In fact, who here has ever eaten like soy burgers, like Boca burgers, stuff like that? You know, and you thought they were healthy, right? And so we'll talk about the soy, but they all have autolyzed yeast extracts, so they load them up with MSG as well. So most of your frozen dinners, right? You'd think that they would be healthy because they have healthy names on them, like um, Lean Cuisine, <laughs> right? Smart Ones, what else do they have? Healthy choice, you know, you think it would be good, but uh, it's loaded with these things. So look at this right here. So here's your hungry man right here. Your Frankenfood frozen dinner. You see this? Um, I don't know if you saw this. Um, loaded, it's got all your, your favorites. Box, box raised tortured chicken <laughs> with um, tasty genetically modified corn, tomato and trout genes, right? So they put the trout genes in the tomato, right? So it can, uh, it can last longer. Um, They've got snail broccoli, because they've got the snail genes in the broccoli. Um, human gene sliced potato, right? So all kinds of good stuff right there. And of course, loaded, genetically modified, triple the MSG. So don't worry, it's definitely sure to taste good. So that's what you got right there. Here's your Franken food. All right, so heavy metals, guys. We don't really have to go too much into this. This is a, a different workshop for a different time. But we definitely, you know, if you have amalgam fillings, uh, that's definitely something you want to look to in the future of getting out. Um, and, and, and don't run out to your dentist and say, I want these out. There's a very key process that has to take place. They've got, it's got to be somebody who's certified that really knows how to do this. Uh, there is a good guy, uh, Dr. Hamill. He's, on, he's in, uh, on Dallas Highway out there. Guy's fantastic. I've sent a couple patients to him. They come back raving about him. And the guy's fantastic. He'll definitely help you take, get those amalgams out. But this is what we want to do. We definitely want to avoid vaccines, which are loaded with, if it's not mercury, some other heavy metal. Aluminum, right, they have aluminum in a lot of these things. Uh, not to mention a ton of other toxins like formaldehyde, all kinds of junk. Um, fish and seafood, so fish that's higher on the food chain, which would be an example of like a shark, for example, very high in the food chain, swordfish, things like that. Those are high, mackerel is, is high as well, king mackerel. So we wanna, if we're gonna eat fish, we want lower on the food chain. So what's our examples? What's low? Sardines, that's right, sardines very low on the food chain. Who likes sardines? Okay, so a lot of you guys, who doesn't like sardines? What do we tell them? Eat it anyways, that's right, so sorry about that. Um, that's right, anchovies, right, so uh, anchovies, and then um, salmon. So, but when we get salmon, what kind of salmon are we gonna wanna get? Wild Alaskan, right? We don't wanna get Atlantic because there's no such thing as um, wild Atlantic, unfortunately, it's all farmed. Okay, we wanna make sure we get a wild Alaskan. And what do we put in our fish? Who remembers? Cilantro, there we go, with the accent right there, Priscilla. So cilantro, because it's a natural metal chelator, so it will help pull out any, any heavy metals that are in there. So we load it up with good green foods, put our cilantro in there, it's gonna be beneficial. 
So processed foods, high fructose corn syrup, which uh, without saying is definitely something you want to avoid. Tap water, air pollution. So let's get into the next step. Gluten. And so gluten is, is a very sensitive topic because many of us were raised on nothing but gluten, right? So like wheat, you know, pastas, right? Oats, things like that. I remember I used to have like oatmeal for breakfast, a whole wheat sandwich for lunch, and then pasta for dinner. It was like we didn't know how to make a meal without some sort of gluten-containing grain. And so um, unfortunately, most people, 81% of our population has an allergy to gluten. And it more only caused, so a lot of people associate it with celiac disease, right? Digestive problems. But for most people, the allergy actually will affect them in their brain, okay? And also their thyroid. We're going to do the healthy thyroid talk next week. We'll talk more about gluten. But um, um, so definitely something we want to minimize or avoid. I tell people there's really no sense eating these things. I mean, for me, it's like unless it's just a, you know, a, a very random thing, I'm out somewhere, I try to stay away from gluten. I, if I'm having too much of it, I definitely, I definitely notice. My brain becomes inflamed. This is what will happen is that your brain will become inflamed. So who's ever had brain fog before, <laughs> right? Probably most of us. Okay, brain fog is a warning sign that your brain is being massively inflamed. There's a fire going on there. Brain cells are being destroyed. And so gluten is one of the known causes of that. So for me, when I eat gluten, when I eat gluten-containing grains, I had a big, if I have a big bowl of just pasta or something, I will have so much brain fog later on or the next day. And, and to me, it's like just the thought of knowing that my brain cells are being destroyed, right? For, for, for who in this room, is that enough to say, hey, uh, you know what? Oh, no, avoid that. For me, that's enough. I'm just like, oh, my gosh, they're on fire. So I just stay away from that stuff. Fortunately, there's some great grains that are, uh, are, are, don't have gluten. So what are some of those grains that we could still eat? Quinoa, Quinoa right? And not spelt. Millet is good, um, and brown rice, right? And brown rice, so that's a good one, yep. So those are our best grains. And so this right here is a great website, sindaloo'skitchenblues.blogspot.com. I'll make sure I put that on the email um, so you guys can look at that. But this is actually my sister-in-law, and she uh, was diagnosed celiac, uh, near death actually, um, at one point several years ago. And she has her own gluten-free, casein-free, lactose-free website. So no dairy, no, uh, no gluten. And there's amazing recipes. And as you can see, all these things you would naturally associate with gluten, right? Muffins and all kinds of stuff like that and, and pie, right? And she's made it gluten-free. Okay, now here's the thing. If you're on the advanced plan, who here is on the advanced plan or the healing diet, right? So we definitely want to minimize our, you know, avoid our grains. If you really want to lose weight quick, Definitely want to avoid those. If you're on the core plan, you can still have some of those grains, the brown rice, the quinoa, things like that, and that's just fine. Sprouted grains. Sprouted grains would be better, um, definitely better. Most people can handle it. If you're a celiac, we have a real, real serious gluten sensitivity, then you could still have problems with it. Okay, But it's a lot better because that's a great question because when they sprout it, like who's heard of Ezekiel bread, right? So sprouted grains. When it sprouts, the enzyme comes alive and actually will, will start to metabolize the gluten. You're, you're, it will naturally ferment a little bit, and it will start to, to metabolize the gluten, and the enzyme allows you to break it down more effectively. So um, you can handle it. That's actually how they used to eat wheat and oats and all these things. Naturally, years ago, biblical days, they would always ferment it. Right? It was always sprouted. That was just the common knowledge thing. Now we don't do that. Don't drink tap water. Who here was at the water workshop we did several weeks ago? Some of you guys were at that workshop. 
here's the caveat, just, just do not drink tap water, right? Stay away from that stuff. Um, it's very toxic, but don't drink bottled water either, unfortunately, right? Because we have no, we don't really know. So you, get, you buy a bottle of water, you buy Dasani for a dollar or whatever it is, even worse if you're in the airport, right? It's like five bucks. <laughs> and so you have no guarantee of the quality, no guarantee at all. And so not only that, but you know for sure that with the plastic that you've got phylates, so estrogen mimickers that are right there in the water. So you know you're ingesting that, and then not to mention all the other toxins. So I definitely recommend, I highly, highly, highly recommend having some sort of filtration system at your house. Um, reverse osmosis is a great system. Uh, you can also get, uh, obviously, a water alkalizer like we have. Those are a little bit more expensive. I, I really, I've been promoting the Avalon system that we have right here, um, right up here at the front. Um, great thing about that is there's no down payment on it. You know, if you qualify, it's like less than $50 a month. You got hot and cold water. It comes through a reverse osmosis system. Then it remineralizes, which is the key because reverse osmosis water loses the minerals. And then it adds antioxidants. And all the tubing is uh, stainless steel. So it never goes through plastic either. So it has my highest recommendation. That takes out all the fluoride, all the junk, and really uh, gives you the water that you want. So it's really good. So fluoride, this is one of the reasons why we want fluoride out of there. Fluoride is a known brain toxin. So very, very toxic. Of course, of course, because uh, you know, it must be so good for us, the FDA loads it in our water, right, unfortunately. And so, um, and we've been told, and we've actually been lied to, all you guys have been lied to, we've all been lied to about how fluoride is actually good for our teeth, right? And that we should brush our teeth with fluoride toothpaste. So toxic for us. So you want to definitely get a toothpaste that's fluoride-free. So you can get to go to Whole Foods, one of these places, um, and there's all kinds of toothpaste that you can use. Or you can even just put a little baking soda on your, just, I mean, this is a cheap, easy way. If you're on a budget, right, you don't necessarily need the uh, aroma and all the other stuff and the cream. Just put a little baking soda on your toothbrush and brush with that. That'll neutralize the acids, right? And so it'll actually, you brush your teeth just like that. So um, here are all the things, <coughs> excuse me, with fluoride. So, I mean, just all kinds of stuff. Obviously, these toxic toothpaste. By the way, you turn over Colgate and you read on the bottom and it says what? Warning, if you swallow, immediately uh, uh, call the, the poison control, right? So, guys, and you're putting that in your mouth, right? And you're rinsing and you're gurgling with it, right? That's not good. So if you see something that says that, what should you do? Yeah, get, run away from it, right? Throw it away, get, get rid of it. Absolutely. Teflon plant pans. This is a has fluoride in it. In fact, it's called it's called POFAs or something like that. I can't even remember exactly what it is, but it's like perfluoride hydrocarbons or something like that. It's very, very toxic. So Teflon pans are actually very dangerous to cook with as well. I recommend stainless steel or um, if you go right on my website under products, there's actually a link to uh, to um, a product I recommend, and uh, it's all it's it's. It's um, the best kind of cookware that I've seen that's affordable because you can also get Salad Master. It's a little more expensive, um, but it's Mercola's brand uh, of cookware, and it actually takes off. Um, there's no Teflon, nothing like that. It's, I mean, it's, it's amazing stuff. Uh, so processed cereals, so these Czech cereals, all these processed cereals loaded with fluoride. Um, obviously, any kind of processed chicken, fluoridated salt, cigarettes, right, all this, all this good stuff, at, uh, pesticides. Right, so all the stuff that we want to avoid. Did you have a question, Dave? How does fluoride affect your 
How do you get it? Processing aspect of it. The way that they process it, exactly. So you want to get it organic if you're going to get that. That's going to be key. Um, so that's what they've tested, and they've found high amounts. So really what they're talking about here with all these drinks is anything that they've used some sort of tap water with, right? So basically anything that they've used tap water with. So that's most things, right? So um, that's really how you're going to get that. So unfermented soy products. So who's heard that at, at some point in your life that soy was good for you? Probably most of us, right? Eat more soy, eat more soy. Um, so guess who's funding all those studies? Soy industry. Yeah, they still say it, don't they? And a lot of doctors, there's still a lot of you know natural health doctors and whatnot that tout soy. But here's what we know, that unfermented soy is actually very dangerous for us. That means that soy that, um, that hasn't gone through a deep fermentation process can actually be dangerous for our body. So here's why, because we have four major things that are dangerous, phytic acids, enzyme inhibitors, goitrogens, which goiter, what do we think of? Thyroids, so it actually blocks thyroid hormone production. So next week is our healthy thyroid talk. We're gonna talk about high consumption of soy, how that actually will destroy your thyroid. And so very, very dangerous. And then this isoflavin right here, genistein. And so this is what we wanna avoid, guys. Soy milk, soy protein, soybean oils, soy flours, soy burgers, right? You guys get the picture, soy protein isolates. Well, what we can still use, now you don't necessarily need to use soy, but if we still wanna use it, tempeh is good, miso, and uh, nato, which is uh, something that they use often in, um, in uh, China, Japan, these places. And so those are good, and that's in fact, that's how they use soy in Asia. So they actually ferment it. Again, it's common knowledge. Nowadays they process it, uh, just like they do here, but the culturally correct thing to do was always to ferment it, and uh, a lot of the, uh, the, older, the older people uh, still do that on a regular basis. Yeah, I would definitely recommend don't using, not using them. Yeah, yeah, they're not fermented. So yeah, exactly. So that's right. So we want to avoid the soy, right? Unless it's like a tempeh or something like that, we want to avoid soy. Anything that says soy in it, you don't want to use, okay? Uh, you know, Harry's, at least it's not genetically modified, right? So that's a step in the right direction. So it doesn't have trout genes in it, right? So, okay, so unstable blood sugar. So this is another key aspect, and this is an epidemic in our society. And most people are walking around and their blood sugar is all over the place, their insulin is all over the place. And this is very, very key, not only for our ability to burn fat more effectively, by the way, who here wants to lose weight? So this is key, understanding really how this works and keeping your blood sugar under control, okay, but also for our brain. When our blood sugar drops, our blood-brain barrier opens, okay? Our blood-brain barrier is a protective, uh, it's a protective cellular barrier that basically protects the brain from any kind of toxins crossing over. And so that blood-brain barrier opens up, now what can cross over? Toxins, heavy metals, right, all kinds of junk. Not to mention that we lose, we actually become uh, deficient in, uh, in trace minerals when we have blood sugar imbalances. And so what happens then is the heavy metals that come across, like aluminum, mercury, things like that, lead, they can't bind to anything in your brain unless the mineral sites are open, okay? And they'll compete with the trace mineral sites. And so if the mineral sites, if we're deficient in minerals and we have these blood sugar imbalances, then it's very, very easy for them to go right in, lodge right into those areas, okay? And then cause massive toxicity. So it becomes a big problem. 
And then, of course, sleep deprivation, which we all know. Who's ever stayed up 24, all 24 hours? How do you feel the next day? You can't even think, right? Exactly. We all know that. We all know that. So artificial lighting. This is another very, very big component that we've got to hit. Is that, and I'm trying to give you guys really all the essentials here um, so you guys really, really understand how this all works. In fact, uh, what we know is that Matt, this is a great quote, um, this, this researcher right here. He says that malillumination is to light what malnutrition is to food. And so in our society, we're malilluminated. We depend on the natural frequencies, natural rays of, of the earth, natural rays of the sun. We depend on that for life and health, not only for vitamin D, which is absolutely critical, but also that our, our natural systems and our, 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 our circadian rhythms, and just everything is, is, is in harmony when we're getting enough of that natural light. Okay, and unfortunately, here is the example. So this is our natural outdoor lighting. This is the, uh, the frequencies right here. So this is uh, basically our, our, our scope of the different frequencies. This is your artificial lighting right down here at the bottom. And you can see just way too much of the yellow, just completely abnormal. And what happens is when you're exposed to high amounts of that, your body naturally goes into a fight or flight response because it's abnormal. And so because of that, we secrete more cortisol, right? Because cortisol is a stress hormone. And so that's going to throw our body into a stress mode, right? And it's just going to continue to build on itself. And it's going to continue to get worse until it's corrected or adjusted. And so right here, this is where the natural lighting. So when you come in, for example, this office right here, all our lights are natural lights. So they all have this frequency. So this is the scope right here. Um, and that's so key because that won't put you into that fight or fight response. So a lot of people, they come in here and they just tell me, I just feel good in here, right? Who's ever felt like that, right? Before you got adjusted, you just came in and you just were in the office and you're just like, nah, I just feel good in here. And that's part of that is you're getting that natural lighting, right? And so obviously we do some other things. We play the music, the worship music, which is high energy music. People are pouring their spirit out to the Lord. So that's obviously gonna, gonna, um, gonna help vibrate you at a higher level. But the, 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 um, the lighting plays a key role. And I, you know, when I first opened this place, I, I had artificial lighting in here and it, I, I just felt it. I just couldn't even be in here all day. It was just, it was terrible. And so I was like, as soon as quickly as possible, I got all, all natural lighting in here and just the entire energy of the office shifted. It was amazing. So that's key. So at your office, so at your office, yeah, so, uh, so we missed out on the joke there. So at your office, you definitely want to use, if you're sitting under a light, you, you want to get natural lighting. And you can get it um, right off of uh, Mercola.com. So M-E-R-C-O-L-A.com. In fact, on my website, if you go to products, uh, you can link right over to his website. And uh, he's got all that stuff. He's got natural lighting. Uh, if you wanted to get, um, if you had, for example, an office like this, and you were sitting under um, some sort of kind of an industry type of light bulb, okay, I still have, because when I ordered, I had some extra. I have them in my uh, back storage. They're, they're really cheap, too. I mean, they're really not that expensive. I had, a, I had the guy that built this office, so he's a contractor. So he, uh, he actually got me a contractor discount, which made it nice. So I still have some left. A couple of the patients that bought them, they love it. Jamal, who's set up, he's gone right now, but he actually uses it in his office. And so it's definitely, you definitely get it. Um, definitely, I would highly recommend that. Highly recommend it. So, yeah, you get the natural lighting. Bulbs, yeah, bulbs, right off Mercola.com. And you can look it up online, too. I'm sure you could, you could find something. So, of course, sedentary lifestyle, right? So we know that um, chronic lack of motion is lack of life, right? And so 
you know, sometimes, you know, there's always a time for us to vegetate at times, right? However, you know, some people do it a little more than others, right? And so we definitely want to make sure that we're moving our bodies. So another thing is poor posture. And so poor posture is that, I mean, this is absolutely key that we're getting our bodies moving and that we're using good posture. So with that being said, I want everybody to stand up here real quick. And we're just going to do a quick posture exercise, all right? So what we're going to do is we're going to bring our arms up like this, okay, that, that don't shoot position. And we're just going to kind of, we're just going to roll them back, squeezing our shoulder blades. And if you really want to get some good brain activity, you can take it side to side a little bit. So make sure you got some room with your, your people next to you. And if you really want to do it, you could get on one leg and you can alternate legs. So we're getting more balance in there. Good, good. Be careful. So we're getting some brain activity, okay? And if you really want to get brain activity in, you can also do a cross crawl, right? So you can do it like this right here where you're moving one arm and the opposite leg. There we go. Good. You guys see how that works? So you're getting a really good scoop, squeezing that shoulder blade back. There we go. Perfect, guys. Good job. Give somebody a high five. Tell them they did a good job. All right. Woo! Okay. So posture is key. The way that we're sitting, the way that we're treating our spine, obviously, very, very key. In fact, poor posture equals poor spinal motion and poor breathing. So we want to make sure that we're obviously oxygenating. So what will the evolution of your posture look like? And so who's ever seen people that are like down like this on walkers, right? Does anybody think they woke up one day like that? They were just, they were fine, and then all of a sudden they woke up one day and they, and they needed a walker. Of course not. And they evolved into that. And so we've got to do everything we can to make sure that doesn't happen, that we stay upright, right? Because I'm sure all of you guys have seen people 80, 90 years old. They've got great posture, right? They're standing upright. In fact, um, I used to intern years ago when I was uh, an undergraduate. I worked with this guy, and he was a, a former professional rower. Guy was in his 80s. And he just had this great posture. He'd walk around, right? He'd still row almost every day. He'd go into these, uh, these uh, senior homes and teach exercise classes. And I, I asked him what was his trick. And he said, you know, he's like, I, I just row. He's like, I just keep good posture. I just make sure I take care of my, my back, my spine. He was seen a chiropractor. That's one of the reasons why I got into chiropractic. This guy was, I mean, he was the healthiest person I'd ever seen at that age. And he was just telling me all about it. He's like, yeah, he's like, I take care. I eat the right types of foods. I take care of my spine. I row all the time. I keep exercising. I keep a good attitude, right? He was just so fired up about telling me about his lifestyle. And I was like, you know what? I want to, whatever he's doing, that's what I want to do, right? So when we look at this, okay, obviously when we look at the posture, the other big thing about it is really what it does to our spinal cord. So when our head shifts forward, right, that forward head posture, and it sits there. Now, we're always going to do things like this, and that's no problem. Our, our, our spine is meant to move, to be dynamic and to move and things like that. However, when we're like this for a chronic period of time, that's when problems occur. It literally stretches that spinal cord, pulls down the brainstem. Now we have pressure on the brainstem, spinal cords being damaged. And so when that happens, when our spinal cord starts to look like this and starts to degenerate and rot, how well do you think our body's feeling? Not very well, right? Absolutely. And so out of these two right here, who would develop heart disease first? Yeah, who would develop cancer first? Yeah, you're absolutely right. And so the most important thing, and that's what we focus on in the office, is really making sure we have good motion in the spine and our head's actually able to come back over our shoulders and you start getting that natural curve so the brain, with all that potential, is able to get down through the spinal cord and over those nerves, allowing your body to heal. And so this is kind of a close-up picture of what it looks like. Here we've got pressure off the brainstem. 
here we've got massive pressure crushing that brainstem. That person's definitely degenerating. And so they're, they're falling far short of their potential and their brain's being inflamed. And so obviously we want to avoid that by taking care of our posture. So alcohol. So you guys don't need me to tell you, right? So um, alcohol, obviously we have problems. By the way, what are the tests? So if you've drank too much alcohol and you happen to be in your car, which I, I don't recommend for anybody, obviously, uh, don't do that. But if you, know, you got pulled over, what kind of tests would they have you do? Sobriety test, right? So do do a walk like this right here. What they're actually checking is they're looking at the the integrity of your cerebellum, so a key part of your brain. And they're doing all these cerebellum tests, finger to nose tests, things like this. What we know is that the cerebellum, which sits right in the back here, okay. In fact, when we look at this, it's this part right back here, um, is very sensitive to alcohol, and so it's the first place that goes down. And so when what happens when we drink too much? That's why, exactly, that's why we're dizzy, because that helps control our posture, our balance, okay? On top of that, um, it's also for fine motor movements. So, understanding that principle, we know that if you're doing tightrope walking regularly, okay, that is going to actually enhance your cerebellum, right? Because it's fine motor. If you're doing things like this right here, right, where you're doing finger to nose with your eyes closed, that's a fine motor exercise, right? If, you're, if you have something over here, what you can even try to do is look somewhere else, and reach over and try to time it just right and pick it up just right. And so again, that's working that cerebellum, challenging it to the next level, okay? And so that's, that's a fine motor. So like somebody who can play a piano really effectively has just a, an incredible kind of fine motor movements with their fingers and being able to do that. And so that's powerful. So alcohol, of course, I don't recommend it. Neither does the cat, right? So, <laughs> all right, there you go. Good, got some laughs out of you guys. Come on. I thought that was pretty good. Right? So, there you go. Now some people are getting it. Okay. So caffeine is not so good either. So caffeine is really not that great a thing. A lot of people will use it. You know, it's time and a place. Uh, you know, it, it can be beneficial. But ultimately, long term, it's really not the best thing. Um, drives up our adrenals. And so a lot of people come in the office. And a lot of people, you know, in, in society, their adrenals are just shot. And one of the reasons why is they're just pumping all this caffeine and coffee and stimulants and all kinds of stuff like that. So I really don't recommend that. This is the problem I always tell people. You know, people always say, well, I can't get rid of the coffee, right? And I say, you know what? If you just have one cup of coffee in the morning, no problem. Make sure you're drinking a lot of water because coffee is also very acidic. So make sure you're drinking a lot of water. That'll help filter it out, help neutralize things. Not a problem. You'll be all right. But here's the typically what happens is that their cup can, I mean, if I tell them one cup, I don't really know how big that cup can be, right? It could be a thermos full, right? So, um, so we never really know. So here are our top 10 brain builders. So these are the things we want to really make sure that we have a lot of in our, in our diet, in our lifestyle to really help promote our brain function. So antioxidants. So we need antioxidants and phyto, phytonutrients in our, in our uh, diet on a regular basis. So what are some of our best sources of antioxidants? Blueberries, right? So, so berries are a great source. Vegetables, green vegetables, right? Uh, a phenomenal source. There's different supplements that you can use to naturally enhance your... That's right. Absolutely, John. Good, good job. Give me a high five. She said carrots. You like carrots? All right. Eat lots of carrots. Perfect. There we go. So there's different, different major phytochemicals like leucine, lycopene, 
that are naturally in a lot of these things. And one of the things we want to do is really load up on different colors because each color has its own unique benefit to it. So that's one of the big things that we want to do. Okay, so when we're looking at your ORAC, so oxygen radical absorbency capacity, I know it's a lot of information. You're probably not going to get all this. That's okay. We'll send some of this out in email. Okay, but the ORAC actually measures fruits and vegetables and different nutrients, and it actually measures their ability to basically be an antioxidant, to scavenge free radicals. And when that happens, the best fruit, other than a kai berry, because a kai berry is actually higher blueberry, but other than that, is, um, and also uh, another berry that's higher than it is uh, the wolfberry, right? So, yeah, sai and then wolfberry. So, blueberry. Okay, so blueberry is, is very high, very easy to get. So that's one of the ones that we use. We want to we want to recommend that. And so one of the key components of blueberries is anthocyanins, right? And so resveratrol. Who's heard of resveratrol before, right? It's in grapes, right? It's known for being in grapes, uh, grape skin. Good, John. You heard of that? Yeah, she eats lots of that, right? Yep, good. And so blueberries are also a, a good source of it. And so it has the highest con concentration of antioxidants um, in any fruit that's been studied because they really haven't done uh, enough studies necessarily on, uh, on, on the acai berry and on uh, wolf berries and things like that, goji berries. And so strawberries? strawberries are good, right? But they're not quite as high as the blueberries. But all your berries are, are high nutrient density low glycemic, which is a good combination, right? So you don't want something that's going to that's gonna have a big effect on your blood sugar. But at the same time, you want as much nutrients as possible. So that's a good way of doing it. Okay, glutathione. Who's ever heard of glutathione? That's our body's master super antioxidant. And so with glutathione, very, very powerful source. Um, a couple major things, N-acetylcysteine and alpha-lipoic acid, if you've ever seen those uh, supplements, those supplements are known to increase intracellular glutathione. Glutathione is your body. What it does is it naturally helps your body detox from the inside out. So it is the most powerful free radical scavenger, and your body produces it, just needs the right precursors. So what we like to use, the best whole food source of, of glutathione is going to be some sort of a grass-fed product, grass-fed animal product. So what I like to use is uh, Fit365, one of these grass-fed protein powders. So these things are phenomenal, loaded with glutathione, great in a shake as you guys are going to get a chance to try. All right, so that's what it was right here. A couple of reasons why I like this protein powder. I mean, not only that, but also coconut oil, borage oil. We're going to talk about the borage oil in there, silica. I mean, just And here's the sweeteners. So remember, we talked about stevia and then xylitol, right? And right here, Lao Tan Gao food extract, right? And so that is actually in the same family as cucumbers. Okay, so it's the it's, it's same family as melons and cucumbers. It's considered a fruit, and um, it's very low glycemic, and it's 100 times sweeter than sugar, kind of like, um, like stevia is. And so it's harder to get because it's, uh, you know, they got to get it from some foreign island or something like that. So it's harder to get, but this is what they use in the Fit365. No soy. No. Well, actually, it's soy lecithin, which they're switching out. And so the soy lecithin is actually something that your body can handle. The lecithin is actually okay for you. It's actually okay for your brain. However, they are switching it to sunflower lecithin just because of I actually commented to them about it. And so they are switching to that. So glutathione. So here are some other foods that are high in glutathione. Asparagus. Who likes asparagus? Awesome. Who doesn't like it? What do we tell them? 
Eat it anyways. Sorry, Joyce. Eat it anyways, right? Broccoli, spinach, avocados. So all these superfoods. By the way, you guys are going to see on our on our um, website coming soon, and I, I've got them on YouTube already. Uh, we actually have some of these recipes. So um, you guys remember when I made the shake, right? And I'm going to make another shake tonight. And when I made the superfood guacamole, actually have film. We filmed that this weekend, uh, and it'll be on the website. So if you want to kind of see the, the, the different things, we're going to have all kinds of different recipes on there eventually. We're going to have a whole library of recipes. So you can, if you forget how to do something, you can just click right on there. You'll watch a video of one of us actually making a recipe. You'll be able to do it right there. So also sulfur-containing amino acids like eggs, garlic and onions, grass-fed meats, Brazil nuts, high in selenium, all help promote the glutathione. And so choline is another powerful component for brain function. So choline, um, in fact, a study said, so this is a study, April 2004, Journal of Neurophysiology. They said uh, this, this, this nutrient, choline, supercharged the brain activity of animals in utero, okay, which resulted in the creation of larger cells that were quicker at firing electrical signals that release memory-forming chemicals in the hippocampus, which is hippocampus is our major area in our brain that links short-term memory to long-term memory. So allows you to take something that somebody told you, like maybe something I told you today, and linking that into your long-term memory, your hippocampus. So choline is a powerful aspect. Here are your best sources of choline. Egg yolk, krill, uh, raw milk and butter, cauliflower, sesame and flax seeds, also lecithins. Lecithins typically have a little bit of, of choline in them as well. So um, to go on, Stephen uh, Ziesel, this, uh, this, this uh, researcher, he says, the mother's dietary choline during a critical period of brain development of her, of her infant influences the rate of birth and death of nerve cells in this center, right, in the hippocampus center. So if you want your child to really have a healthy brain, we're going to talk about healthy fats and choline, probably the most key important uh, nutrients, and then your B vitamins as well. So B12, probably most of you guys have heard of B12, critical for, for really uh, all the nerve functions, for the myelin sheaths that allow nerves to fire quickly. Our best sources, grass-fed meats, free-range eggs, uh, raw milk and yogurts, spirulina, so different things like that. But best sources really are going to be our animal sources of, of B12. So that's key. But you, if you're a vegetarian, you can get a supplement. So that's that, that you can do. In fact, the supplement I recommend is actually a spray that, again, you can get off my website where it says products. It will link you right over to Dr. Mercola. He's got this great B12 spray, best I've seen. You spray it right in your mouth. Very simple, very easy. Some people are B12 deficient, um, and so that'll, that'll be key. All right. So we'll move on. Zinc. So zinc is another key thing that we, we definitely want to make up, you know, a key part of our diet. So, so pink salts, pumpkin seeds, things like that, free-range meat loaded with zinc. Okay, and then we also want to get magnesium. So I know I'm throwing the whole gamut at you guys, trying to give you the, all the pieces of the puzzle here. So we also have magnesium, which is very, very key. And so, of course, magnesium, our best source is actually green vegetables. And you guys can look at the structure of chlorophyll right here and how you can see the magnesium in the center and red blood cell right here. And obviously you can see iron in the center, okay? And so when you eat green vegetables, it's very energy conserving for your body to actually produce more red blood cells. So anybody with anemia or low, or low energy fatigue, very key, those green vegetables provide the backbone 
for your hemoglobin, which carries the oxygen, and then the magnesium goes right in. By the way, magnesium is actually the mineral that provides the blockade for your blood-brain barrier. And so when your blood sugar is out of balance, you become deficient in magnesium. Your body will actually uh, utilize magnesium at a higher rate. You'll become deficient in it, opening up that blood-brain barrier. So most people in society are deficient in magnesium, right? And not necessarily because they're not taking in enough. Typically, it's because their blood sugar is out of balance, right? But some people don't really eat any green vegetables, really don't eat healthy. They just eat processed foods, so of course they're not getting it. So green vegetables are my number one recommendation. There is a great supplement, though. It's called Calm. I don't know if you guys have ever seen that, uh, but a phenomenal supplement that you can use. Juice Plus is good, right? So you get whole foods. Yeah, so you get whole foods from that. Now, some individuals, their blood sugar is out of balance. They're in chronic stress mode. I would definitely recommend trying out that, that Calm. Getting that natural magnesium in there can a lot of times really, really help, really help the situation. Also, if you're having trouble sleeping, that can be another, another great thing. So water, of course, we want to make sure we're drinking a lot of water. Number one cause of daytime fatigue. So again, our brain is fat and water. Right, so we gotta make sure we're drinking lots of clean water. Good, good, awesome, there you go. Time to drink, exactly. So, oh, doesn't like that slide. Trace minerals, there you go, trace minerals, okay. So lots of trace minerals, trying to speed me up. Kelp, the, the, the calm that we talked about, the good salts, so the Himalayan sea salts, the Redmond's real salt, all those good salts. And then of course, good fats. We gotta make sure we're loading up with the good fats, avocados. Right, so, so who knows? Shout out the good fats, guys. You know, coconut, right? Avocados, right? Olive oil, Brazil nuts, so good in nuts. Fish oil, definitely. So I want to make sure we're loading up. Our diet should consist of lots of good fats. Very key. And so then, of course, our omega-3s. And so we got our omega-3s. They support memory, cognitive function. And so our best source that I recommend, again, are our animal-based omega-3s. Looks like that's all we got for the podcast this week. Join us next time for a workshop on healthy thyroid. And don't forget to check out our new website. Just log on to www.exodushc.com. See you next time.
And that's the podcast for this week. Join us next time for a workshop on creating healthy recipes. And we've just launched a brand new website. Check it out at www.exodushc, as in healthcenter.com. See you next time.